0: And welcome to El Fumar Takes. This is our 185th take. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry DuPlessis, as always. And I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is gonna be a fantastic show. I'm so excited to finally sit down with this guest. He's been making some some amazing cigars that I've been smoking recently. Y'all know, if y'all follow me, y'all know, if you follow my top 10, you know all about this man. But before we get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Recently, Drew Estate has announced that is it about to make someone a whole lot richer. Yes, yes, indeedy. During its latest freestyle live show on the company's Facebook live page, Drew Estate announced that it will be holding will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during upcoming freestyle live events, including a grand prize for one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced during February seventeenth of next year so check out that freestyle live you could be in possession of some free moolah courtesy of drew estate and uh we thank you all for joining us tonight so i am pleased to bring you our 185th take live from the alec bradley studios of ulis texas it is my pleasure is my privilege to introduce mr henderson ventura of adventura cigars henderson how are we doing tonight very good man how you doing Oh, I am doing fantastic. I'm doing better now. I'm doing better now. We yeah. uh we we got the show up and rolling. So now it now it's just uh now it's just getting into the flow of things. I'm about to light up a cigar, um and so it's it, it life life couldn't be better at this point. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing great, man. Um, we've been pushing very hard on this side. Uh, getting a lot of new projects done. uh, uh we all the last year of the year and trying to make everything happen, trying to get everything that we were missing to get done this year. We have some exciting new projects coming out from Aventura. Uh, uh, We have some new release coming. So I'm very excited, man. Uh, It's been a tough year. It's been a a great year also at the same time for the cigar industry. So I'm more than happy. And thank you for for having me on your show. I know we've been looking forward to do this for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but we're here finally, man. Thank you
0: very much. Oh, it's my it's my pleasure, Anderson. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, let's let's get into. I was going to kind of kick off with a little bit of an icebreaker, but you brought it up. I mean, I was going to ask about this. So I, I know the Dominican was shut down for quite some time. And, you, you know, as far as production and factories and things like that, but what was going on? Uh, I mean, what's that kind of done as you guys are starting to ramp back up? I mean, are you st- are you are you guys fully operational? Are you doing shift work? What's what, what are you doing? What efforts are you making to kind of get back up and running to to where you can get get to work on some of the work that was missed?
1: Um, I mean, uh, we've been full productions and last year uh, So I will say by the first half next year, last year, like by the summer, um, we closed the factory like in April, March or March. we close the factory for two months, then we back we get back to the factory like uh, with 30 percent of the capacity. That's what, that was a, what the government allowed us to work with. 30% and then we have like a, a fifty and then seventy. And then by the end of the year we will we finish with a full capacity. Uh even with more people than than the, before the pandemic. So Oh great. Yeah, yeah. After I've, after the pandemic, we've been experiencing like a kind of boom uh, in the cigar industry. Uh People didn't stop to smoke cigars uh, during the pandemic. I think they smoke more cigars now. and But we are slowed down the production big time last year. And, and pretty much all the businesses closed. Uh, box factory, you know, labor companies, everybody like kind of stopped the, the business. So um, this year, we started again with full capacity. We even have more demand than the previous year. Um, but now everybody's working, you know, full time. And, and the demands of the market is so high. I think even higher than uh, what a cigar producer can offer, you know. And, and it's very tough. Like a manufacturer, we've been having a tough time like uh, trying to get rollers. Um, but this is what is going on here. Uh, production, everything is, is running full capacity. Uh, now the difficulty things is to get enough people to work in the factories.
0: But well, it sounds like that's, what's kind of going on here too. Like, uh, in other businesses, it's the, it's the labor shortage that's killing everyone. The work is there. It's, it's yeah. the labor shortage. That's interesting. That's, uh, yeah. you guys are experiencing the same thing.
1: Well, wood, I, wood, wood for box uh, battery also is been having hard times, like not enough wood.
0: Yeah, we we heard that a lot at this year's trade show. Like we were talking about, we were talking with several other manufacturers, just like yourself, and uh, they're like, "Oh, the cigars are ready. We're just waiting on the boxes. We're just waiting on the boxes." We heard that so many times, and that's that's got to be frustrating when you know you're trying to get you're trying to get product to market, and you're waiting on. You know this. This already takes enough time,
2: <laughs> and yeah. then and then
0: you gotta you gotta sit there and wait uh, for for something else. It's it, I know it's got to be frustrating and everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into the Adventura story here in just a second, Henderson. But I, I was curious uh, specifically about Adventura. You know, it, it, it's it was about last time I heard it was about sixty percent of Adventura's market share is actually European. Right. It's 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 not so big here in the United States. You do a lot of work here, obviously, in this country, but the brand Adventure itself, it's mostly it's, it's mostly a, a European, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, we started Adventure in 2016 and we started the distribution in the Dominican Republic and Switzerland first. So um, I will say we born in Europe. And we started with Switzerland and then Germany. Uh but then in two thousand nineteen, uh, we released the brand in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, uh, by the time that we started the company, then in the United States, we were like, um, I will say, ninety percent of the production was uh, getting sold in the in Europe. Uh, by last year, I will say, sixty percent was sold in Europe. Uh, but this year, the paper changing, you know, I think we rotate the table and, and 60, 60 to 70 percent of the production that we get done this year is being sold in the United States. But we've been pushing hard. I mean, uh, I've been spending more time in the United States. We were a fresh company there. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a big job to get done in the state. There is a lot of competition. It's a huge territory. Uh, so... But we we luckily have uh, uh, a a nice success last year with the Roger return. That is uh, the last line that uh, we released. uh, That is the Kings goal and the Queens spur. They have a good, very good success in the States. Um, And we grew a lot of business there um, in the last year. So uh, things have been changing. And also with the lockdown in Europe, um, it was tough Um, pretty much All the distributors that we have there, they were, like, doing nothing, you know. Germany was locked down for a while, Switzerland, Holland, all those countries there. Italy, that was, that have a bad heat there by the coronavirus, so. Yeah. uh, Still, like, not much going on there, so. So, I mean... But I still, even with the pandemic, we've been able to grow the company 68% this year.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that's where I was going to kind of go with it. With it being new and everything and being, things being shut down, I was, I was wondering about the, the growth. Uh, I know the cigar industry as a whole has experienced a lot of growth just because more people have time to smoke cigars and things like that. Expenses are down for companies and stuff, but... Um, that's great to hear. That's fantastic. Well, We'll get more into the Adventura story here in a second, uh, Henderson, but kind of wanted to, uh, you, you brought it up, so I kind of wanted to jump into it there, but I, well, I mean, since since we're talking about cigars, uh, well, um, I've already kind of put the, the question in the chat, but what are you smoking tonight?
1: Uh, I'm smoking a new cigar that we're about to release uh, in a few weeks. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that is... Uh, it's a limited production that's uh from my boy Brandon uh from Renegade. That's an anniversary cigar that we make for him. Uh, uh, the eleven. This is, this is the eleven. Right? yeah. This is the 11th. So I just got married with that cigar for a few weeks. and been smoking that cigar like for a month now, just falling in love with.
0: So, do you, um, I really, I really enjoyed the 10th. Uh, a lot. I I I got a few of those from Brandon last year, and I thought that cigar was sensational. Um, just curious um, with uh, the cigar that you're smoking right now. Um, I mean, do you come up with a new blend every year, or is it like a variation of the blend, or like what what do you do? Completely
1: different blends. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the first year we did the first cigar that we did for him was the eight uh we were using a mexican uh habana wrapper that is the same wrapper that i used on the score. uh that is a hybrid wrapper um the, the blend was very deep in flavor unique rich and then the second year we did a rosado habana from ecuador it was more into melt to medium body and then the 10 it was a madura sang and dress. uh one of my favorite blends that I ever made, we sang Andress Rapper. Uh, it was th- that the 10 was more my profile. You know, I was like, fuck, Brandon, you know, this is the cigar that <laughs> should go for the 10. And at the 11, uh we've been working, uh, Brandon and me, we've been working for a while on that blend. Uh, and then I, I was like, let me give you a surprise. Let me change some stuff on this cigar, and and I gonna give you a surprise when we release this cigar. So that's by uh, the way. By the way, uh, Brandon is uh, our top account in the United States right now.
0: That's fantastic. I knew I knew it was. I knew he was pretty big. Every time I go in there, he's he's always talking to me about some of your newest stuff and everything, including what I'm smoking right now. I got these at an event that you uh that you did with him uh, not too long ago but um it's the uh, the Royal Return the Queen's Pearls and it's it's the Robusto um I love this cigar and I love this I love it in this fatola it is absolutely fantastic uh the Royal Return the Queen's Pearls it is it is gorgeous and uh for uh for later on tonight I've got the uh, I've got the King's Gold in a Toro that uh, so I got this from Brandon. I got the King's Gold actually from uh, our our other good friend at, in Texas here, Jay Davis at Blue Smoke. That's where I got that one at. So um, nice. Spread spreading spreading the love around here a little bit. But uh, um, and I want to I want to tell a story about how I got introduced to the Adventura brand here in just a second. But before I do, I wanted to bring up something out of a little you know not to be too I'm not trying to be too punny here, but out of left field a little bit. So I'm a baseball guy. My my I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. They made they made the playoffs this year. They they just won the wild card earlier today. So that was exciting. Um, but um I know that you played baseball growing up and you uh and like me, you were actually you were a catcher as well, right? Yeah. So how so how I mean how how I mean how old did you did you play till? Were you did you play through high school? Did you play some college, any semi professional, professional ball? Like what how far did you go? No.
1: No, I started to play baseball when I was like four or five years old. And then uh, that career ends when I was 14. Okay, sure. So, so when I was 12, uh, I used to be a second base. And, and when I was 12, uh, they switched me to be uh, a catcher. It was like, a, it was one game the 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 catcher of the team got injured and they were like who want to play the position i was like i get it and sure I, yeah i get it so i think i have like a, a good game that they and and my manager was like oh, now we're gonna switch it so i started to do the training as catcher and and my whole life, since I was a kid, I was playing second base. So we were trying to ball like uh like this on the side. Um, right. When they switched me the position, they forced me to uh, change my mechanic. How I throw my ball. So, I, you know, it's more like from here when you catch it. Right. So it was like a, it was not my natural way to throw the ball. And I was forcing, forcing my arm. And when I was fourteen, I got injury in my shoulder, and um, because I was pushing too hard, and and that was
0: sad. Man, I couldn't play baseball anymore. Oh man, that's that's brutal. Yeah, Bash at fourteen. Yeah. Was that was that? What, I mean, from a young age, we're gonna get into your journey of tobacco here in a second. But I mean, from a young age, is that what you wanted to do? Did you want to play baseball? Was that it?
1: I mean, I have something. Every time that I do anything that I do, I got like a 200% on that. So when I was playing baseball, it was like a 200% on baseball. Even that, and one of the reasons, because I got the injury, it because I have access to train with the people that we were training like a for, for, for professional. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was training like uh we want those uh, guys that trained those people for professional, and I was doing the training on the bigger plate, you know. So, in a bigger stadium, and, and the second base is where you're So, they were like, hey, you, ha- you can do the mechanic and the training and all that, but you don't have to throw the ball like uh, all the way. So, you don't force your arm because you're 13. I was like, uh, nah, I want to do it, you know. I was pushing myself to the limit on that, and and that's
0: how I got the injury. Clearly,
1: was but, it your yeah. was your
0: rotator cuff, or was it an elbow, or what? I mean, there's nice
1: is nice. It wasn't my shoulder here, you know. Oh man! So, uh, I mean, it was very frustrating for me. I can't even. I, I stopped even watching baseball for a long time. Uh but then. By the time, you know, I got to work in the factory, I uh, started on the business, started the college. Uh, so, so then I, 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 you know, I wake up another passion, you know. I'm glad to, to, to be in the business, you know, and I agreed to not be a professional baseball player. Uh, I'm more than glad to be in this position right now. This is something that I also, that I dreamed of since I was a kid.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I was going to say, I think you found your calling and, uh, with yeah. the, but, uh, you know, just to go back to your playing days real quick, because we, we all, you know, everyone who follows baseball knows how incredibly popular it is in the Dominican Republic, how incredible players, the incredible players that come out of your country, um, how serious you'll take it. Did any of the, any of the kids that you played with, like, did any of them have any of them made it to the, to the big leagues? Cause you're still relative, relatively young. So I imagine that we'd still, you would, they'd still be playing professionally if they made it. Do you do you know anybody?
1: There were like at least like a five of, of the guy from my team uh, that I made professional, but they didn't make it the major League. Okay. One of the one of the kids that I used to play in my academic, but he was like a two years, uh, three years younger than me. Uh, he's playing professional, uh, for Toronto and, and he played a few games in the major leagues, okay. uh, but I don't, I don't know what's going on with him right now. What's his name? Uh, Michael De La Cruz. Okay. He's a catcher also.
0: Oh, okay. Gotta, gotta look him up later. Uh, yeah, he, he a- was
1: also, he was a sure stop and, and then they switched him. To they moved him too. Oh. <laughs>
0: There's, al- there's always a shortage for catchers somehow it's always it's 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 funny how that works out but uh, uh
1: do you know a, a catcher is a tough position that many players for that position and sometimes uh when people are shorter they don't run that fast or they have the strength you know uh they see like a good opportunity to get the easier assets to play
0: professional right you know? Right. my problem is i just wasn't quick enough behind the plate I had the arm, um, I could frame a pitch pretty good. I just wasn't quick enough. Like I just didn't. Have I was
1: to... mine was the opposite. You know, I was super quick on the, uh, on the plate, behind the plane but but my arms was
0: my weakness. Imagine. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking that uh, road down uh, memory lane there with us, Anderson. So. Uh, but let's so. But let's talk about the passion that uh, has become your life's work. Here, let's go ahead and go into our major point. As always, uh, every guest on LS from our takes is sponsored by United Cigars. So Henderson is here, uh, brought to you by United Cigars. But the major point tonight is always brought to you by Protocol Cigars. Power of the P. Tonight's major point is brought to the people, brought to you by the people, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just a pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is, but behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back from the original protocol blue to the latest release in the lawman series, Bass Reeves protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people it's what their life's work has been. And always will be about power of the P protocol cigars. So with that, tonight's major point, we're going to take a little bit of a journey as uh Henderson's already kind of started us off here. It's like, he's reading. It's like he's reading my notes here and we actually did no prep because I had some, technical difficulties before we started here so he's he's uh he's he's doing a good job i recently listened to an interview with you and uh antoine Reed of tobacco business where you kind of took over that interview too where you actually started asking him questions i thought that was i thought that was <laughs> fun did you did you was that kind of just natural for you or like because like i know it was just like off the cuff like y'all didn't plan that
1: man I, I, that was like during the, the pandemic i was in my house bar there uh and i have like uh that week i have like about four interviews i was like let let me change this now in the middle of the interview
0: nice so (laughs) change it up change it up yeah i loved it i know i thought that was really i thought that was really cool um it's really fantastic but so we're gonna bounce around some timelines here uh Anderson, I want to go back to when you started, but before that, I want to talk. We're we already kind of started talking about AdVentura. I want to talk about this story. Like, you you do great work with a lot of other a lot of other brand owners and everything. We'll we'll, we'll get to that too. But you know, you and Marcel Noble started this AdVentura project uh, together. But so how did how did this partnership stop or start? Where did it blossom from?
1: um so marcel got to the factory through from friend of my dad uh he was visiting dominican republic uh and they stopped by my by, by my factory i was working on some new blends by that time so i given to try the the explorer the blend and because i would taste that wrapper that was a wrapper that we would taste in like a for seven year um trying to get it done, uh, uh doing different um fermentation processes, uh forms to see what we get the best out of it and all that. And so I finally got like a blend done with that rapper. I gave it to try to him. He fell in love the next day. He called me like I can take like a some about 10 cigar of those, those back to Switzerland. I was like, yeah, this is nothing out. This is nothing that I got that I use it for nothing else right now, uh but you can try you know get some just don't post nothing about the blend and say nothing about the blend so he fell in love uh and a month or two months later uh he texted me and he told me, listen, I have my my story here in Switzerland, and I want to do like my own private uh label for my for my cigar club here so and i was like cool what you want to do and he was like i would like to use that blend that you that you've been working on and he sent me all the concept uh that he has for the brand i was like man first of all you cannot use the name adventura and he was like why because i have the same trademark like about adventuring spanish and I'm planning to use that for one of my future projects okay. and, but maybe I don't know, doing nothing with that now, maybe we do something together. and I love the and I love the packaging. I love the concept told me about the concept. so he explained me the whole concept and it was, yeah, I like it. this is too good for just a cigar store. So then uh, uh, he had an offer for uh, a Swiss distributor and we started the distribution in Switzerland. Uh, in two th- that was 2016 and then we started to develop everything. 2017 we officially did the partnership and, and then we started to do the distribution in Germany, Sweden, Italy, Czech Republic and Holland and and we started to release the new projects that we haven't done and that's how everything started so i mean the whole concept behind the brand uh this is something very unique and that's why i love uh everything that he created with aventura um there was like the history behind you know so aventura go back to the root of the cigar industry how everything started so the cigar industry started back in the days when the Europeans came to the new continent, discovered new lands, and they got to the Caribbean. And, and they were exploring, you know, and they found out the, the Hispaniola island, and, and they found out tobacco, gold. Uh, and this is how everything started to be traded, you know? That's how everything started, how the tobacco started to be commercialized. Uh, the Europeans bringing back tobacco and cigars, back to Europe. And and that started brings us back to the root of how everything started with the cigar industry. That's why the first line that we did was explore. The second line is uh, navigator. Uh, then you conquer. And after you conquer the land, uh, you you. Bring back the uh, a gift to the royal family, you know, and that's the royal return, and <laughs> it's a gift to the king and the queen. So this is the whole concept behind Aventura, you know, that story.
0: So it's like you're taking the journey all over again. You're, you're yeah. starting. Wow, yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't even realize that until you just said it out loud, and you were kind of explaining about the branding and everything, and that makes all. I mean, that's. That's really, uh, that's really fantastic. And then I know you've got two, uh, there's two blends that are, I guess, not available in the United States, but one was a, uh, a local and, yeah, a a lo- and then the Bucanera, which is a project you did with Mombacho, right? Yeah.
1: That, that was a collaboration between Aventura and Mombacho, exclusive for Europe. Uh, but, uh, this is done already, you know, uh, is out of the market. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and we bring in next year, uh, uh, the same project to United States and uh, worldwide, uh, but we're changing the name, uh, a little bit the packaging also, and the blend have some modification, but it's very similar.
0: Well, that'll be good that we get to try something, you know, along those lines. Um, because I never, I never got to smoke it. So, so here, here's the story of, uh, of Adventura with me at Henderson. I've, I've smoked a lot of your stuff that you've made for other folks for a while. And, um, and, uh, you know, your other good friend, we were talking about uh, your good friend, Brandon, uh, who you've known for a long time, who's a huge supporter of yours here in Texas. But I know, uh, Ronnie at Secreto is a, is also, uh, uh, a big, uh, big advocate of yours. And he, him and I started talking after one of my shows one night and he's like, Hey, have you, have you tried these cigars? And it was really funny. Cause he was talking in, he was it ty- was typing. It was over like over instant messenger. So he was talking to me, um, kind of in, in, in short language. And so he was like, he wasn't referring to it. Like he didn't, he never said inventor of the name and he, he never said like, he 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 said, Hey, have you tried the pearls or have you have you tried have you tried the gold? Have you tried the green? Have you tried the blue? Have you tried the red? And at first I was like, ADV, I don't, Yeah, I was like, I was like, I at first I was like, I had to pause and I was like, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. And I'm like, surely, like, I was like, he's surely I'm missing something here. And um, and so yeah, I actually had to go and do some looking up to before I answered him. I'm like, I don't know if I've had these cigars or not. And uh and um, I hadn't had the Queen's Pearls um, or the King's Gold yet, and he actually sent me the first ones I ever tried. So, um, so that was my introduction to those. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm grateful because I am I absolutely love, um, like I said, this cigar that I'm smoking right now. Uh, the World Overturn, the Queen's Pearls is just a fantastic, fantastic cigar. I love the other blends too, um, but this is this has got to be my favorite that you've made under the Adventura line. Uh, Henderson, it's fantastic. Um,
1: so glad you enjoy man that much.
0: Oh, it's it's it, 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 there's so there's something. I mean, we can go ahead and dive into it right now. There, there's something about um the way that manufacturers now are are really approaching Connecticut shade cigars, and I, I really, I'm really starting to appreciate it a lot more. Um, and it's actually making me go back and actually appreciate the classics too a lot more as well. Um, but the this the, the thing I wanted to ask you about this cigar is that there's there's a lot of different tobaccos in it. You know, you've got the Ecuadorian Connecticut shade. You actually have Ecuador also in in the cigar itself. It's the binder, correct? The binder's Ecuadorian. Oh, filler. filler, excuse me. Um, Sorry, the filler. So when you're when you're testing out, I mean, like. Because you, you you don't grow tobacco, correct? The family doesn't, you, you source a lot of your tobacco or do you grow some as well?
1: Um, we have some farmers that uh, grow tobacco exclusive for us. Uh, this year is um, the first time that I grow my own tobacco.
0: All right. Okay. Where, yeah, so I, is that in the Dominican or somewhere else? In, in the Dominican Republic. Oh.
1: So we're doing some special project. Uh, we go we started to grow some like uh, unique variety of tobacco there. Uh, that they were created by a genius. Uh, Is a new hybrid uh, tobacco, and
2: uh, so I'm doing my, my some experiments. You know,
1: with those uh, tobacco in a specific farm. So my goal. Uh, we use we use tobacco from uh, different places. We use tobacco from seven different countries. Um, but th- I've been in the cigar industry for fifteen years already. I started when I was seventeen. I have a big passion for tobacco, and, and I've been in a lot of farms. I've been I have the opportunity to work with a lot of variety of tobacco and. But the goal is always to create something different, something unique. You know, uh, if we, I do a new project in the future and we're using the same tobacco, we're not doing nothing different. It's more the same. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I feel blessed right now to have the opportunity to work with a guy that uh, is a, a, one of the biggest genius on uh, the cigar industry behind the scenes um, that he developed hundreds and hundreds of different new seeds and and we're gonna be we're growing the the first part right now for you know one i do my own personal forms right now with some different tobacco that is gonna be something fresh and new for the cigar industry
2: that's so, so exciting
1: yeah oh, i'm wow. super excited i'm super excited um I'm not gonna say nothing, but one of the tobacco that we grind is uh is a hybrid with one of the regional Dominican seeds. Okay. So so, so this is gonna be something very unique. The aroma of that tobacco, the flavor of that tobacco. Uh I taste that tobacco. I've been tasting that tobacco for about seven years now. And and it's something that I is very excited. Since so the first time that I tried that tobacco when they did the first experiment with that seed, I was like, yeah, I need to get that tobacco and want my cigar.
0: So we you know, anyone who knows anything about growing tobacco, we all know the difficulties of growing wrapper in the Dominican. It can be done and it's been done a lot more in recent years, but it's very difficult as, as history has taught us. So this these this hybrid that you're working with, will it is it wrapper grade or are you using it for binder filler? All or it's, it's gonna
1: be. It's gonna be binder filler, uh, but
0: is
1: uh, the process that we're gonna do uh, on that form and and with the crew and uh, like everything, uh, we can get something around five to ten percent of wrapper from that. Oh, so, wow. okay. like, uh, you can spec, you can spec some small batch, or like a limited edition, of of uh, the, of cigar with with Dominican wrapper. There, okay.
2: Gro- growing our farm.
0: So, so you you mentioned that you're working with someone behind the scenes for this project, but so you like you said, you've been doing this for 15 years. Uh, and I know you've got your, your your father working with you too as well. And um, so th- this is a question I actually came up this week when I was talking to somebody else. So so I wanted to I, I wanted to save it because I wanted to ask you is I wanted to ask you too. So because you source from seven different countries, like you said, like what is that process like? Do you, do you personally go inspect the tobacco uh, before you bring? Because I know you guys do the fermentation at your factory. Um, but do you go and do you go and in personally inspect the factory, uh, excuse me, inspect the tobacco? Is it your dad? Is it somebody else? Is it, is it more than one person? Like what's that process like?
1: Uh, it used to be, uh, um, uh, me and my dad, uh, but my dad, uh, about four years ago, he just being like a man, you ready to go by yourself. Uh, yeah. So I will say. Forty percent of my time here in the Dominican Republic. Forty percent of my time is just inspecting tobacco and checking on the on the tobacco that we're gonna use for the production. So right now, my role in the factory is is the that inspect the tobacco, uh, pick the tobacco that we're gonna use for every year and the blending. You
0: know, w- whenever you talk about tobacco from year to year you know I know over a decade now you got to talk about consistency but I, I know that uh, I was I was I, I I was listening to an interview recently where you were talking about the growers that you work with you've been mm-hmm. working with one for like 15 years another one for 12 another one for like seven so obviously they're obviously consistent in their processes that that way you know the tobacco that you're getting but I'm, I'm not asking you to name names or pick on anyone specifically, Henderson, but have you ever gone to inspect a crop and it just wasn't up to snuff? Like, it just like, hey, I, I can't use this. It's it's not it's not the right it's it's not the right whatever. It's not the right color. It's not the right consistency or it's not tasting the same. Have, has that ever happened to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like twice.
0: So what, do y'all, so what do you do? What happens at that point?
1: I mean, sometimes what happens, not all the tobacco, but some of the belts. That's why we inspect every single belt, you know, to make sure that the tobacco have the quality enough. But sometimes this happened to me in 2014. There was a, a whole crop that we couldn't use it. I was like, no. So I, uh, we stopped to make that line for a year. And it also happened to me about three years ago. with we one of the tobacco. But luckily we have like a two years of of uh, inventory of that tobacco. So I mean, on that year, last year we've, we sw- we switched to form and for, but for a good reason you know, yeah. for better. Yeah, no, absolutely. but it, 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 it happens, man. It happens. Uh, you cannot force the soil to give you more that, you know, it can give you. Uh, and also, if anything wrong that you do on the, on the farm, if you don't pick up the tobacco on time, if you don't, the tobacco is very delicate. You have to be, be there day by day, you know, you have to be paying attention to every single process, to every single step when you have the 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 crop going on. You have to be in the farm every day. So any any miscalculation that you do on the process, you can you can ruin a whole a whole crop.
0: Yeah, I've, so I've, I've always wondered, just like because I know that it has to be frustrating. You know, for you all, because, you you know, you're depending upon all these these components and everything has to go right and there's about 400 steps that need to go right and if if something goes wrong in those 400 steps I mean it can throw off everything and so you kind of have to reassess and I mean. And like we were talking about with the boxes, right? You know, this takes long enough to make. And, you know, <laughs> to have one thing go wrong, it, it, it's got to be super frustrating. The,
1: the, the, thing, the thing with cigars is, uh, like, you have a blend. It's not machine-made. It's not, it's not something that you create in a computer. So, Tobacco change every year. You have to be re-blending the cigar every single year to make sure that, you know, that cigar can smoke similar or this tobacco can smoke similar to the year before. Every year you have a small difference in the tobacco. If it's raining, if it doesn't rain enough, uh, the process, this, if we, on the fermentation, it was a day that get a higher temperature. Every single thing counts to make the smoke a different experience. So. Uh, I spend uh, a lot of time just reblending, trying tobacco, making sure sh- making sure that uh, uh, you know the production uh, is going well. It's a is a full time job just to get things right on the factory. That's why the different. That's why the difference between a boutique factory and a bigger you know factory. Because in our factory, we are a family, and every single family, every single member of the family run a different department of the company. so we are behind every step of the cigar, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that everything gets done right, you know on the production, on the sorting of the tobacco, uh the fermentation, uh the blending, the quality, the packaging. The logistics, everything is, is run by a different member of the family. So it's, it's like a, this is our life and, and this is our company and we take care of what we do. You know, we, I mean, we have a feeling for what we do.
0: You know, I've, you know just hearing you tonight, Henderson, and then hearing other interviews that you've given before and even our conversation at this year's trade show you know it's it, it's really clear how much how much you love tobacco not just cigars like tobacco itself like how much you absolutely love tobacco you know w- this might be this might be a really difficult question but i mean what is it about tobacco that you love so much is it is it is it the challenge that we were just talking about is it what it creates and i'm not trying to answer the question for you but like what what is it about tobacco that you love so much
2: There's different love for tobacco. There's tobacco that I love because
1: it just brings me a memory about what is the good tobacco from back in the day used to taste like. And there is a love also for creativity. And, and to create those uh, variety of flavor profile in cigar. So I think what makes me different to other master blender from the past generation is, is that limitation we don't have. I don't have any limitation to create and blend different stuff. I don't like to stay classic. Even if I love like some classic flavor profile on the cigar, but I don't mind to go like outside of the box, you know, in terms of blends. And like I say, for for me, I never smoked the same cigar. And always the newer cigars that we make, it's better than the last one we did. And the whole reason of that is because every time that we create a new blend, is trying to improve whatever we did in the past. So... There is some tobacco that I love. There's the Corojo, I love that tobacco because the cream is the sweetness that this tobacco provides. Also the complexity of that tobacco. You have to understand like each tobacco uh, give you a different stimulation in your mouth. Some one, the bitter, uh, acid, sweetness, salty. Um, every single tobacco gives you a different stimulation. The Corojo is one of the, those tobacco that is very complex by itself, that hits you in different parts of your tongue. So the Corojo gives you, on the, on the, give you some assimilation on the acid part that creates some criminous, and also on the bitter part that you know, gives you that intense uh, cedar or dark coffee flavor profile. So that tobacco by itself, the Corojo, you smoke thats a uh, tobacco, a cigar created just with Corojo, and you think that it's a blend already. Mm-hmm. So this Corojo is one of the main tobacco that we use in pretty much all the blends that we create. Also, there is tobacco like the leaf. I love the broad leaf. and One of the reasons because I love leaf is because it tastes like a, a Dominican sip to me. It tastes like a little bit as olor dominicano it has some earthiness, but also what I love is just remind me of Dominican tobacco, but with more strength and more sweetness mm-hmm. so uh those are tobacco that I love and then there's all the tobacco that we're playing uh with that I that I love so much There's Piloto mejorado, also the new seed that we're working on. Uh, that is a, a, a new a variety of Dominican tobacco that we're creating. And the, 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 the aroma of that tobacco is unique. The aroma, the flavor uh, is something totally different to whatever you used to smoke, you know. And, and that's makes me very excited about tobacco. That's what I love about tobacco. Also with the blends is, is that how many different flavor profiles that you can get from, you know, blending the same tobacco, you know, there's a, this is where it's society about blending and but I'm not married with anything. I'm, my mind is super open. My palate is super open, you know, to try everything,
2: everything.
0: You know, I, I got to confess. There's, ahead,
1: there's some tobacco that I don't like too much. Sure,
2: of course. There's
1: and I'm using those tobacco in my blends. For example, the San Andres, I'm not a big fan of the San Andres. And okay. just because one thing, a good tobacco make my mouth juicy, you know, creamy. The San Andres is one of those tobacco that dry out my palate a little.
0: Mm-hmm. It's me and
1: too. I don't, like, I don't like that too much. But the Navigator, we use a San Andres wrapper. And, and my concept, when I was creating that blend, it was like, uh, I feel like I want to do a Maduro. One of the best option right now for Maduro wrapper is Sang and Dress. A lot of people love Sang and Dress. They burn the ash of that that tobacco is always nice and uh, white ash, uh, very uniform color, very consistent. So it was like, let me use Sang and Dress but let me see if I can change the experience of the smoke of the San dress. So on that cigar, we use the tobacco from five different countries. The complexity of that blend is, is huge. And it's one of the most sophisticated blend that we have in the whole portfolio. And all, every single tobacco that we use on the filler and, and in the binder, is just to fight against the wrapper.
2: And also, there's another cigar that I use in a tobacco that I'm a fan. That
1: is a Kingsbury. and I'm a Connecticut smoker, man. <laughs> but let me tell you this. So I have some of my best returners that asked me, like, man, why you don't do a Connecticut? I was like, I think it's not my line, uh, but let me play with. It. So my whole concept when I was created the Crimson was to create a Connecticut shade cigar that people like me that love more Corojo, Habano or, or their dark tobacco can enjoy that cigar. So I was trying to create a cigar with the personality, with the complexity, with the body, you know, that boutique cigar smoker can enjoy. Mm-hmm. So that's how I became you know create the 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 connecticut uh blend with the for the crisper it ha- it's a cigar that have a lot of complexity and body you don't get that easy smoke super smooth uh the bitterness you don't get none of them The crisper is a cigar with character it ha- it's, it's smooth but with character
0: i agree so there's there there's one thing that you know no matter almost, you know, you know, especially going back in my smoking experience, you know, Connecticut shade cigars, typically, no matter how good they are, they typically get hot at the end. They turn really bitter, you know, sometimes even sour. And that's when I put the cigar down. This is what I've really loved about this particular cigar Henderson is that I don't get that. Like it's good from beginning to burning your fingertips off and you don't get that bitter. I mean, you get the right amount of bitterness for balance, but you don't get that hotness at the end, where it's just okay. It's just acrid, and I got I got to put this down. I got to re- I got to start again. Uh, you, you don't you, get that.
1: You get the bitterness from the assimilation, you know. And there's some specific tobacco that hits the bitter part of you, you know, palate. But you don't get the bitterness right here in the lips,
0: right? Hundred percent. You know. So. Um, so- it's interesting having this conversation with you, Henderson. because normally I don't really, uh, my conversations on this show really aren't tobacco centric. I like to have just like conversations just about the person and everything, but I wanted this conversation to go this direction because I, you know, like I said, it was apparent in all these interviews that I've seen with you and having a couple of conversations with you that I've had, like just It's good how that you take that the, direction. Yeah. Because my, my English is just tobacco. <laughs> if you take me
1: outside of tobacco, like I got my, my English is gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's apparent, it's apparent. I mean, it's apparent how much you love it. And and this is exactly why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because I, I, I mean, I, I nerd out on tobacco too. And so it, it, to have a, a deep conversation about it, but I, I want to push back on you on something. So you said, you said, you said a couple of minutes ago that you don't go outside the box and yet, that I, I feel like every blend that I've made, that you've smoked, that excuse me, that you've made, that I've smoked, is a little outside the box. It's not. I, I can't compare no, this to something sorry, else.
1: No, sorry, but I love to go outside the box. That was love my, to go. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, like I, gotcha. yeah,
0: okay, yeah, like I misunderstood.
1: I mean, I mean, if we, if you try, uh. A, Different blends that, that, that I create for other brands that we make in our factory. And you taste Aventura. Even, the, even in the same Aventura po- uh, 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 portfolio, you have the Explorer, you have the Navigator, you have the Conqueror, you have the queen Spur, you have the King's Goal. Every single cigar doesn't taste not doesn't even taste close to one cheese other.
0: No, I agree with that. Absolutely. Like we have
1: two Habanos. We have the Explorer and the Conqueror. There's two Habanos. They don't taste like not even close, not even family.
0: No, they're, they are completely all, every single one of them in adventurous portfolio is different. And then even outside of it. So, you know, Henderson, what, um, in my top 10, I do a top 10 list every year. You know, a lot of places do top 25s. So I do a top 10 list of cigars every year. And there, there's, there's several rules about my list, but one of the rules is that one brand can't have more than one cigar in the list, right? But that doesn't say anything about manufacturers. And you made three of my top 10 cigars last year. Really? Yeah, the Room 101 Farce Maduro, the uh, Caldwell um, Mad Mofo. And the number one cigar of the year for my for my list was the La Barbara uh, Ricochet Cremexis Sol Grand Robusto. You made three of my top ten cigars last year.
1: Do you know that those three cigars, those three blends, were made in the same year? Mm-hmm. I created those three blends in the same year. The Forza Maduro. Uh There was a creation between me and Matt. That mm-hmm. was one of the very few times I met being in the Dominican Republic. So Matt was trying to get the blend. I was like, man, I I understand 100% what you want. This is the tree tobacco that I'm going to use as base uh, to create the what you're looking for. Try and separate. And then we put it together. And I was like, I'm going to put it together now, try And he was like, Henderson, this is exactly what I was looking for. I was like, no, but we need to mix that tobacco with something else. And he was like, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> and, and I called that cigar the Skir. That was the name of the of the blend. Because it's it's make me kind of drunk every time that I smoke that cigar fresh. When you smoke <laughs> that cigar fresh from the factory from the table, like a, I was like feeling kind of high smoking that cigar every single time.
0: Oh, it's gotta pop, man. I mean, even the after nicotine
1: the nicotine on that cigar is a little high. And then the Mad Mofo, that was the name of the blend. I, I put like some crazy names to my blends there. So the Mad Mofo, that was the original name of the of the blend. The Mad MF.
0: I, I I love that cigar too, and then and of course my number one cigar last year. The and
1: the uh, 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 sorry the go go please the the I, I call that Alimento de Fiera. That that means like uh like a monster uh food, Obese beast food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that blend is that blend is probably one of the most unique blends that all of them are very unique and they're they're and, and they're all different right they're all like we were just talking about the same thing with your adventura a second ago the but the thing about the crewmex to soul that i just absolutely love is it is like nothing else i've ever smoked like nothing else i've ever smoked it is so different and so unique. They're there that cigar, like when I first smoked it for the very first time, I was like, this is like I can't even I can't even compare this to anything else. Like that there was it was just such unique flavor. And I guess it starts with the wrapper, right? I mean, because Mexican sun grown, you, you don't see that nope. ever. I never saw it until I never heard of it until until I smoked that cigar. I was like, oh my gosh. And that and it it's savory and it has this this wonderful minerality to it. That I just I, I and it's got richness and everything and it's I could smoke that cigar any time of day and it, it it's absolutely fantastic so
1: it's deep it's deep
0: it is deep absolutely so the Mexican sungro what like i i you know I heard tony talk about it once but like wh- you we, when you were just like you know because you said you don't like San andrés maduro right so like what was like what was the when you were playing with tobaccos and you're like hey here's this Mexican sun like what what, what kind of got, got in your mind, like, hey, this could, this could be a really good wrapper uh, for a blend? Like, what were you thinking there?
2: Uh,
1: I mean, we go a little bit more complex when we're blending a cigar. For me, it's about the, the stimulation of your palate and, and, and the flavor profile by itself. So it's, it's about the experience. Like, when I'm playing with tobacco, for us, just for you to understand, For us, a master blender or manufacturing complexity doesn't mean that the cigar is going to be changing like a through the smoke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's going to start this way and then it's going to change and then it's going go through a transition, And that's create a complexity on the cigar. For us, complexity is more about the, how the, taba- the cigar stimulate different parts of your mouth. You know, on the front, on the side, and the back. That is not just too much in the back. Like, are you, sometimes you smoke a cigar and you feel, like, a very harsh in the back of your tongue.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, and nothing in the front. Like, are you missing something? For us, this is the complexity. When you can create a smoking experience that, you know, hit every single part of your palate. And then you have the balance. And the balance is, like, a you have the stimulation all around your mouth, but not too much on this size and very little on this size of your palate. So there's two main things that we manage when we're creating a blend. Complexity and balance. And for us, that's, that's what make a premium cigar, a good blend. Besides that, you need to have good aged tobacco.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: what make a premium cigar for us. And and one of the reasons because we don't make a super full body is because for me and for my dad, as massive blender, a super full body, a super strong cigar, is go out of balance. Because you're gonna, have, for you, when you feel the uh, on a super strong cigar, you feel like that is burning your tongue in one part of your mouth. That can be on the back or the front. Or maybe the cigar, or maybe the tobacco is missing age.
2: Mm, okay.
1: And the aged tobacco tastes stronger and is spicier. And and that's why we don't have that of super strong cigar in any of the cigar we make. We age the tobacco over three years. And we work our blend with a concept. Complexity. And, batters. and and this is something that we put in practice in every single blend that we work.
0: So to bring this back full circle to what we were talking about originally, which is the Queen's Pearls, which I'm finishing up here. What, you know, you, you said you wanted to create a cigar, a Connecticut Shade cigar that, you know, you that you enjoyed about it. What, because I find this cigar to be, to be full body you know not strength but just body that it's it's bold yeah so what was it when you when you finally were like hit it you you found the blend that you wanted you're like what was what was the best part about this blend like what was it about your palette that that it was like it clicked and it made sense
1: uh you have that creaminess, like ice cream. Like you feel like some butter sensation in your mouth. Um, this, like that little spice to complement the sweetness with the, with, you know, like a kind of sweet spice, and the and the notes in the in the hell like the 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 aroma. That floral, that uh, little spice, the uh, the woody, uh, is. I think you have a lot of going on, and uh, that complexity of the cigar was that make me think that this is the cigar. I'll tell you something. I changed the blend of that cigar the day before that I put it on production. Oh really? Yeah, like I I have the blend done. I was like, uh, do you know, this is a, a fantastic blend. We just remind me to another cigar that I smoked before. And I need to add like a compliment to make a, like, like a little bit stronger, a little bit more spicy. And then I was like, um, yeah, let me put like a half lift of that tobacco to change the cigar a little bit. And, and then after I tried the cigar, I was like, um, exactly... I hit the point.
0: I mean, I, I, like I said, the, the thing that I really enjoy about it, it is, it is a complete, it is a complex ride. It is a bold smoke. It is something that I just really, I can, I can still smoke it in the morning, but I actually would prefer not to. Um, and, but it's, it's got enough flavor and it's bold enough that I could, I could smoke this cigar after like the richest of meals. And be completely satisfied, like that. And are
1: still uh, enjoying the flavor of the cigar. Mm-hmm. But You need to have that cigar with coffee, man.
0: Oh, I have. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. That creaminess we were talking uh, about—it's perfect. Wait
1: for the Lancero.
0: Okay, I'm a big Lancero guy. Wh- wh- is that going to be a limited run for you guys, or
1: limited run coming out this month? Oh, by wow. the end of
0: this month. and that's. Is that a um is that gonna be a national release or is that gonna be tied to a specific store or
1: uh no no it's gonna be a national release? The common bond of 10 cigar, black paper with the sticker of the queen on um limited run. That was a cigar that I did for fun. Uh I love Lancero and I think that we were missing something like that on the, on the Queen's Pearl. I just be a, a, a little production for myself. I started to smoke the cigar. I was like a continued producing cigar. I was, And then I did uh, the cigar being aged for a year already.
0: Oh, that's, ex- that's really super exciting. Yeah. So you, you mentioned about the, the, the Queen's Pearl being on that packaging and everything. So, so just a little bit of side note I and mean, we've been talking a lot tobacco but the, the the packaging the branding like the metal bands was this was this you was this marcel was it both of y'all that just like we want to do something different like where did this come from this is this is incredibly unique i love this is is
1: we both have the
0: idea to do something like that
1: because when we create the Rotary return project that should be something special for the king and the queen and and we want that to, to be something similar to what we want to interpret on the concept of the, of the story, you know. Uh, and we were like, what about gold? And we were thinking about different concepts to create the packaging with gold or metal or something. And we just found out this company that can make the metal uh, label. And then we started to play with the with the callers. So the main idea was Marcel. And then uh, I picked the callers. Here's
0: what's, here's what's incredible about this metal band, right? First of all, it's, it's obviously heavier. But, um, you know, we were talking about tobacco. You know, what we all know about Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade or even American Connecticut Shade is that it's really brittle, you know, it's very thin. Right. And so you have a chance, like, you know, I've, I've taken off normal labels and ripped a wrapper to shreds. I can honestly say that I've smoked a ton of these Queens pearls and I've taken a number of these labels off and I've never torn the wrapper. Um, so I don't know what y'all are doing, but y'all are doing it right. And y'all can teach some lessons. Cause that's, I mean, that's a feat because Connecticut shade is pretty brittle. So
1: uh, uh, there is something, uh, first of all, the wrapper that we're using is like the best prime that you can find out in Connecticut. Uh, the second thing is, um, the, the Connecticut wrapper is very delicate, but if you make the bunch too heavy, it's get easier to break the cigar. So we work a little bit more soft on the bunch. Okay. So, um. Uh, you don't, you don't have that kind of problem to break that wrapper that easier.
0: So you mentioned that you like lanceros. See I I'm a i am love lanceros. Um, but if someone said, hey, what's your favorite Vitola? It, it's probably a Robusto or a Corona uh, just in general. Like is there a is there a Vitola that you go towards like what's your what's your favorite Vitola?
1: My old day Corona. Corona.
0: Is yeah. that is that where you start blend is that when you start a blend, do you start with a cr- Corona or do you do you change it up? Change, okay, what do you do? 52 ring gauge. 52 ring gauge. Okay, why why yeah. 52?
2: The middle range. Okay. To go up and down. Uh and also you have um uh, the
1: perfect ring gauge to blend all the tobacco together, you know, depending on how much tobacco you use in the cigar, uh, always bigger the ring gauge you get, less intensity on the, on the flavor. So I think the the Robusto size just hit the middle spot, you know, and then after you create a Robusto, then you know how to sure how to, you're gonna uh manage the percentage of the different ring gauges.
0: So like, I know in the Explorer, you have a Gordo, you have the six by 60 and, and I'm not a, my audience does. I'm not the biggest fan of Gordo's in particular. And I know it's not a big, I know it's typically not something that a lot of manufacturers like, but I mean, the market dictates it, right? You gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta make money, <laughs> you yep. gotta sell cigars. It, do you find that, do you find, because you start in the middle, do you find it harder to go up to like the sixty? or to go smaller like the Lancero like a 38 like we like... that, de- that depends on the blend okay okay for
1: example on the on the on the navigator we use using uh, five different tobaccos on the filler it's possible to go lower than 44 ring gauge is that crazy that i tried to de- to do the 44 ring gauge last 2 years ago and I did a small production, and the blend didn't came out not even close to what it used to be. So I just keep those cigars, smoke them myself, and put it on the side. And I reproduce the cigar, trying to adjust the blend like. Uh, and I have to do some adjustment on the prime of the tobacco that we that I was using, so I can put all the tobacco, so I can fit all the tobacco on that cigar, on the forty-four ring gauge. Also with the queen's with the king's gold. I cannot go lower than a 44 ring gauge. Like if uh, it's impossible to me to create the same smoke experience using the same tobacco, the same blend in Lancero and the King's gold. I cannot fit all those tobacco on, the, on that small ring gauge. It,
0: it's, it has to be like with, like when I smoke the King, like I'm smoking the King's gold now. I just lit this up and I've got the Toro here. Um, the, this cigar is so heavy. And it's and it's not just like, obviously, we talked about the label being, you know, thicker and everything, but the wrapper itself seems really chewier. It seems like it has a lot of a lot of like depth to it, obviously. We're not, and I'm not just talking about flavor. I'm talking about the, the actual makeup of it. I mean, this is a this is a heavy cigar and I'm talking about weight. I'm not talking about the, the flavor impact here. So, I mean, it, it's got, that has to play a part in, right? When you try to go lower than that 44, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it, it, there's only so much you can stick inside that wrapper at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that's got to affect the burn too and the combustion, right?
1: The effect uh, depends, for example, on the, on the small ring gauge, because the tobacco that we use in on the King's Gold, that is mostly uh ligero. So it's very, it's a tobacco that is very thick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to go a little bit softer in the bunch. So um, on the Corona size and the King's goal is, is you're going to feel the cigar even a little bit too light. Mm. Because we have to, we, we take her, you know, the drop because the all the leather that we're using on the cigar, and maybe you can have some burn issue uh but number issue is just that is it's not gonna burn that uniform as the robust on the um, toro size but the flavor experience is another thing you know right. the intensity the richness of the flavor that you can get on the corona is a uh, completely
2: different to the robust toro
0: that's something i was going to say like this is uh this is my first toro of the king's gold and like already, I can tell like the richness is there. Um, you know, the flavor obviously is fantastic, but like compared to the smaller gauges that we were just talking about, the intensity is really is really it's it's not as it's not as strong there in terms of intensity. Um, so I think that you know if like you're if 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 you're out there and you're smoking, you know, you've tried the King's Gold in a smaller gauge and you think it's like too strong or something like that, try the Toro because. I feel like that intensity is kind of it's kind of pulled back a little bit, but the the, the flavor, the richness is still there. It, this is this is this is fantastic.
1: This this is this is what is about the bigger ring gauge. You uh is it's is diffi- more difficult to get the same intensity on the flavor on the bigger ring gauge like a 60 uh compared to a rooster and a corona.
0: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Anderson, I really appreciate it. I got some more questions for you, but I'd like to, I'd like to break up my show a little bit. We're going we're gonna to have a little fun with one of our fun segments here. So um, this, is our, this is our one must go segment and I'll, I'll explain the rules here in a minute. So, but as always, our one must go is brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garaflo, and the highly acclaimed Adebay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. Now, um, Anderson, we talked about some of the other uh, other brand owners that you've worked with over the last few years, uh, You know, Matt Booth, Robert Caldwell, and uh, Tony Bellotto. Now, all three of these guys are absolute characters. Uh, they're, they, they all make me laugh. They're very funny people. I'm sure they do the same. I'm sure they're the same for you inside the factory. So the, here, this, the goal of this segment is with One Must Go is exactly what it sounds like. And I'm not saying, hey, who do you want to get rid of? That's not what this is about. (laughs) Okay. We're not trying to get rid of anybody, but I know that they probably, that I know that their sense of humor has to, has to just one of them probably makes, makes you laugh more than others. So, and I know they're all funny. So which one in just, this is just your opinion. Whose, whose sense of, whose sense of humor is least appealing to you? Who makes you laugh the least out of those three guys? And they're all funny. We know that. Matt is, uh, I think, is the bigger character there.
1: This guy, I never know when he's talking serious or if he's just joking. <laughs> he always, like, I, 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 all the time that I meet Matt is like, like, is this guy acting or he's like that? he's He make me laugh because all the time he's doing something crazy like if we, i if you' we were in a restaurant, and I go to the restaurant when I go back to the table, I'm gonna find out something that he did Or he ordered a plate or a drink one day he he I was in Vegas, and this guy ordered a drink for me with a banana with the draw like inside of the banana. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, uh, yeah, this is Matt, the funniest guy in the group. 100%. I,
0: I think I know exactly what you're talking. I've had the opportunity to interview all of them. And like you said, they're all, they're all care. Like I said before, they're all characters and everything. Matt, Matt has that way about him that it, like you said, he's, you don't know when something is, is, is completely serious, uh, because it can still be hilarious, but he's a hundred percent serious. Um, or, and you don't know when he's, when he's joking around. So I, I, I totally understand what you're saying with there. Um, you know, R- Robert feels like I, the, the the impression I've got with him is that his mind is always like moving like a million miles a minute. And I feel like Matt's that way too, but Robert in particular, I feel like he's just always like, he's always thinking like 20 steps ahead. And I know that's probably what, you know, when you're blending cigars, I know that's probably the way you think too. Is that where you guys relate, do you think? Or, or, or is he completely different in the factory with you?
1: Um, I don't know, because I have a, a very close relationship with Robert, and and we can be funny, we can be serious. Uh, and I think we, both of our brain going in a similar speed. And when he's thinking about something is uh, I catch him like a right way. Uh, and we do a lot of brainstorming, you know, we spend a lot of time together as friends, you know, thinking uh, and sharing ideas about what we think about the future of us, uh, the company, the cigar, the projects that we want to do. And, you know, how the point of view of us, how we see things. So is. We have, I think, we have a good chemistry, you know, to work together. Um, and also is, I, I know this guy already so much. Even on the blends, I know when he gonna like something. He loves the blend of of my dad style. He loves, like uh, the blending style of my dad. This is something that we have something like a, a super different things. The palette. What I like, he's not going to like it. What he likes, and 100% that I'm going to like it. But what my dad likes, Robert's going to like it. And what Robert likes, my dad going to like it. They have a very similar palette. So I don't blend all the blends that Robert likes. If I want to create a blend for Robert, I have my dad's to blend the cigar for him.
0: I was going to say that I heard, that's what I heard. I heard that your dad does a lot of his stuff and uh, it, yeah, that makes sense. Like you said that, cause if you think about the three of them just by themselves, like his, his palette is completely different. Well, they're all, they all have three different, like kind of go-tos and mm-hmm. stuff, but, but his is completely different than the other two. I think.
1: Yeah. There's, there's two blends that we create together. That was the king is down with the king. Mm-hmm. That was Robert and me working together. Uh And this is a blend that we create together right there. But then, like, um, Easter Standard, Hit and Run, all those cigar that was blends that, that, that my dad did for Robert. Savages, Midnight. And then there were so blend that I was like a fighting with Robert, like, now you need to get this one in the, in the portfolio, like the Mad Mofo, Wow. Yeah, the mad mofo forcing to get this blend on the, the cow.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. Nice. This well, is one of my blends.
0: So I kind of wanted to do another another one must go with you, Henderson, because I know uh, I, I heard you do an interview once where uh, you talked. It, the, question, the question to you was if you had a fight song, you know, if something came on and you were about to get in a fight, and it actually kind of threw you off for a minute because it, it you were like, I've never really thought about that. And you went with uh, a song from the soundtrack of 300. So, are you, are you a fan of the movie 300? Full time. So, that's, I,
1: that's that, the thing is, that's how I feel then five in the cigar industry. I was like the youngest guy on the, the game when I started, and, and also working in a small company from my family. And we were, the only thing that my family does is tobacco. This is the only thing that we know, cigar factory, tobacco. And and like the 300s guy from the movie, you have that epic time that, you know, they having a bottle and they were like, uh, this guy was asking to so another team or another group of soldiers that was trying to join the 300, and 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 uh, and the king was like, oh, "Man, what was your profession? Ah, oh, I'm uh, I'm a, like um, a, oh, I'm a a doctor, or oh, I'm a professor, or I'm I work with uh, with woods or whatever. You know, they all have a different profession, mm-hmm. and he was asking like a, the 300." Hey guys, what is your profession? And they were all soldiers. That's the yeah. only thing that they know, fight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's how I feel. You know, we are a company. The only thing that we know is like a, that we've been doing the whole life is work with tobacco. And, and also with like a, and a small company in the Dominican Republic to grow stuff. You don't see many companies. You don't see many cigar factory that started small that create a name in the cigar yeah. industry.
2: Yeah,
1: pretty much all the names that you know from the Dominican Republic are companies that started big or oh, they've been there forever. Mm-hmm. So uh that's how, how why I feel like I'm very identified with that movie. I love the movie. So
0: they're three characters in the movie that i feel like are are my personal favorites now um and uh so i wanted to i wanted to throw this one must go at you too with these three characters from 300 about which one's got to go like which one do you which uh, obviously you'll hear my picks here in just a second but they're my three favorite characters uh for for specific reasons uh and one of them obviously is leonidas right i mean he's the leader of it he makes you know the i mean I mean, he, Gerard Butler who plays Leonidas. I mean, he, he makes you want to go through a brick wall like yourself, like you're sitting there in the movie theater, you're watching there on your couch or whatever. You're like, Oh yeah, I'll follow this guy into hell. Like I'm going like, let's do it. But I I'm also a big fan of his, of his wife, um, who had like a, di- a different type of strength. You know, it was, it was, she was, she was cunning and, but she was strong and she, you know, she was, you know, she, you know she supported her husband from afar and and but but never never gave in the same the same the whole spartan mentality um and then of course there was also uh Dilios, who's the guy who lost the eye and he was the he's the narrator of the whole film and everything like that yep. and those are those are my three favorite characters from the movie so one must go out of those henderson which which one do you least like the best
1: I mean, a little nighters for sure, because I feel like uh, I have a big responsibility, like uh, to, um, I will say I have the responsibility of the family, you know, to make this dream happen for us to, you know, uh, bring this company up to the map, you know, that people recognize that. And also I think I've been putting uh the company into a difficult fight, you know, just with my crazy ideas and and maybe fighting against the wave. Uh
2: and and I I've been giving it all, you know. Uh I would say
1: at some point, if our life and the company, my my dad kind of was like, uh, yeah, this is like a tough time. And I was like a, as a teenager, uh, maybe because I was missing experience. I was like, um, we need to be, we need to continue. We need to do things different. We need, and I didn't know the resource of how we're gonna do everything. I was pushing, anyway to the end until the end, you know, and it's something about the leadership, you know,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, to,
1: to make that group, you know, to, to take that group to the war.
0: What about the other two? His wife and and, yeah, Quinn,
1: uh, I think she was, um, a female we a stronger character than a man.
2: Mm-hmm. And and I think she I think like uh she play a major um
1: a major like a fact in, in in the behavior of the king you know to make decisions just to you know go and win that war there. you know you like you have to go fight for you know of commute of our country of our community you know she was she was the queen you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know that give that anger and uh and the power you know to make it happen and to come back home my life
0: also right i mean make no mistake i mean let's let's not let's not beat around the bush here she was hot like she was extremely attractive right she's gorgeous yeah and she was
1: respecting the the candle also
0: right but she's i mean but also like she scares the crap out of you too like she i mean she could she could kill you just as easily as leonidas could like that was the way i saw it um i mean but i just i i really like when i heard that you really liked that film i was like man i I was like we got to talk a little 300 because i i absolutely love that film i think it's fantastic um and it, it's something that I go back to and I watch quite a bit and I, I, I just love it. I think it's a great film. Um, but uh, but those, were our, those were our One Must Go segments for tonight. So thank you, Henderson, for having a little fun. Uh, we got a few more questions here, but uh, as always, our One Must Go segment is brought to you by United Cigars, featuring on Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed adabe and Byron Lines. So smoke one today and start living united. So Henderson, you—we've mentioned this a couple times now. You just talked about it a second ago, and that was—that was your age. And if—if if I've done the math correctly, I think you're—you're—you're you're, you're 31 or 32, right? 31,
1: gonna turn 32.
0: And you've been doing this for—you've been—you've been in the industry for 15 years, right? Yep. So you've been doing this since you were a teenager. So yeah, oh, It kind of makes makes me makes me think what I've been doing with my life. I'm 37, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you, you're, you 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 know, like you said, you've given everything you get into, you give yourself a hundred, you know, you go 200%, you go all out, you go all in with everything that you do. And then at first it was baseball that ends with the shoulder. Then you get into tobacco and the fact, what, how old were you when you blended your first cigar? Like, I mean, like cigar that was released to the public, what was the first cigar and how old were you?
1: released to the public i was like uh 22 23 years old when i created a blend maybe like a 21 22. that was a rodrigo la fortaleza
0: oh yeah it's rodrigo cigars yeah i f- remember those now
1: fortaleza i think that was around 2012. like uh, nine years
0: ago so it you've been doing this at that point you'd been working in the factory for five six years what were you doing during that time like to get ready and, and putting starting blade with were you were you were you working with tobaccos pretty early on uh, did you do like what what other work did your father have you doing to prepare you for this role as, as master blender that you that you now are
1: I'll tell you something man Dad never got me ready for nothing okay he was. I started i d every single job that you can have in a factory since so veining tobacco uh doing sorting carry, carrying carrying belt, uh drain tobacco uh on the on those tobacco rooms uh uh like giving the humidity to the wrapper packaging. Uh, supervising cigar every single job so I think also when, when I was uh, about 12 I started to work I started to go like uh, to the factories uh, uh, during the summer you know when I was like uh, from vacation from the school and I was doing that like to make some, some dollars uh, during the vacation like you know sorting tobacco, divining tobacco so i i I feel like I started to understand that tobacco and all the tobacco and I knew whether the tobacco was good or ready or whatever, and do the sorting and identify every single prime of tobacco science before I started to work at the factory so there was a, a point when I got very excited about tobacco that I was like a and I was trying to create blends. I remember that I used to create blends, like mixing a lot of tobacco with one cigar. I was like, oh, I'm going to have that tobacco that I love that much. That I, This tobacco that is great. This tobacco that is great. I'm going to put all those tobacco together and I feel that I'm going to have the best cigar ever. I was like, man, then I light this cigar. I was like, not even close with what I thought it was going to be. I used to give cigar to try to my dad that I blended. and he was like, mm, mm, "Nah, that's not good." I was like, uh, "Man, like, uh, there's something that you need to teach me so I can become something like, uh, like a, a good master blender, or you know, how I can be big in this industry. Like, um, there's something that you need to teach me. Like, you never say nothing to me." And he was like, a "Henderson." You're in the factory every day. There's nothing that I need to show you. There's nothing that I need to teach you. You're going to learn by yourself. Like, just pay attention to everything that you do here. And you're going to learn. And those words uh, also give me some freedom to anything that I learn. Also, I can apply my own understanding about tobacco. I'm not following... Any rules from an old guy that he does things on this way. So he gives me the freedom to understand tobacco, learn about tobacco, and also uh, to do my own interpretation about cigars and blending. The only thing with that finally I, I created a good cigar, he was like, a, you're learning. <laughs> and then I was creating good cigars, good blends. I was getting cocky. I was like, hey, try the new blender idea. And he was like, we have a good tobacco here. If you don't make a good cigar, like it does your fault. <laughs> <laughs>
0: never, so, never never, gives you a break, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, how everything started with me. But I will tell you this truth, man. I I my passion for tobacco was like from very early age because when I was eight, nine years old, you know, my dad he we he used to have like a cigar reunion every Sunday in my house. Like on the front porch, I have like a four, five, six, seven, eight guys every Sunday, like a drinking coffee and smoking cigar, and there was like a front of my dad out. There were massive blender. They have cigar farm, tobacco form, and they you know they have different jobs in the cigar industry, and they were talking about the new blend, the new crop, the new tobacco that they working they were working on, and they were so passionate about tobacco it was like a like man i I want to try this cigar, I want to know what they're talking about I want to new you know I want to feel what it's like and they were like a sharing cigar like try this, try that it was like a I was like, uh, "Let me try that." Like, I want to know what's going on here, and the aroma, man. I have that aroma of the cigar, of the tobacco. Since I was a kid, so I have that curiosity for from a very early age. That was me and my brother. Like we all we were were very passionate about cigar. When we dis when we have the opportunity to decide what we want to do in life we were like, "Um, no, we're going to do cigar. We're going to do tobacco.
0: So now after doing this for 15 years, Henderson, I mean, has anyone has anyone outside of the guess the family and your sounds like your dad gives you a hard enough time, but has anyone ever given you a hard time about your age? Has anyone ever like put that into question said, well, you know, you know, maybe you don't, you know, maybe you don't know what you're doing because you're young. Has anyone ever questioned the age thing?
1: I'm not sure, man, because maybe behind my back, you know, like talking. I don't know. Uh, the only thing you know, I have from the people that work with us in the cigar industry here in the Dominican Republic. Maybe they don't respect me, but they respect my dad, and I was I, ha- I was having like a good support from the people here, and they were like, um, and they told me like right in my face, like. Oh, we're not doing this for you it's because you dead you know, we respect you that. So just because you that, you can come here. And, you know, there is a lot of people that open, open the door for me you know, to, you know, work with tobacco and maybe, you know, and do a lot of stuff with tobacco, so.
0: Well, you we've we already mentioned some of the people you're working with, so obviously that doesn't matter to them because you've been putting out some, some amazing cigars for those folks. Um, I mean, do you have? I mean, is there? Is there? I mean, because I, I know your, your factory can only produce so many cigars, right? And you've, I mean, between between Room One Hundred One, between Caldwell, between Labarba, and obviously Adventura, and I know that there's other stuff that y'all make as well. I mean, are are other people been knocking at your door to 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 get to work with you, or are you kind of at capacity? Are or, or you know? If the right offer came along, would you work with other people?
1: Yeah, I'm always open, you know, to work with uh, new companies. Um, But, I mean, this year, we're not doing any new project for a new company. But we ensure that, like, for future years, you know, maybe next year or the following year. But for sure, we, we, we have a plan to work with some other companies. That can be a surprise.
0: Have you ever rejected anybody? You don't have to name names. I'm not trying to get any gossip here. I'm just saying, have you ever rejected anyone? Has anyone never fit the the Ventura mold, so to speak?
1: I mean, when someone comes to the factory and they want to have a cigar that tastes like Padron, I send them to make cigar with Padron's family. (laughs) Fair fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's my rejection, you know
0: so you know tonight you've been talking a lot about we've been talking about tobacco and the way that it tastes and we've been talking about the the stimulation and everything it reminds me a lot of it reminds me a lot of uh conversations i've had with another famous dominican family uh, the Kellners. and i've had claus on this show a number of times and that you know we talk a lot about flavors and tobaccos and how the tobaccos relate to one's palate and everything um have you have you um have you worked or gotten to know or been inspired by any other Dominican families, um, you know, there, or any other manufacturers outside the Dominican? Have they, you know, have you been influenced by anyone else other than your dad and and your own experiments?
1: Sure, sure. I mean, uh, by the, I, I get inspired by people that have a lot of passion for tobacco. And this is everything about me, you know, those people that have passion for tobacco and they've been, uh, been changing the game in the tobacco industry, or, or maybe because I'm like a spoon, you know, I try to solve for everything, all the good things from different people. And there's people because I have inspiration for people because of the leadership, uh, because the way that they manage and the speech, you know, about tobacco, how they talk about the tobacco. Uh, Mr. Conner is, uh, is, is uh, a big example, you know, of how passionate this guy being, been. And I think he's translated the, the cigar war into a sophistication of cigar and blending, and, and this is a guy that I respect a lot. That I have the opportunity to make him since I was a kid. He's a good friend from my dad. Also, a lot of the he's one of the uh, one of the bigger genius in the uh, cigar industry, not many people have the f- passion for tobacco like him. Leo Regis, that uh, this guy is uh, also a great guy in the tobacco industry down here. Carlito Fuente, that is a gentleman and a guy that be pushing forever and, and, and keeping the tradition of the family. Um, uh, yeah, there's. There's a lot of good people that do things right and they do the best of what they have, you know, and, and they've been here before me and they've been doing the right thing before our started the cigar industry. So, yeah, I have many inspirations. Um The only thing that I'm not trying to copy none of them. Right. You know, by follow, you know, the good things that they do.
0: No, I think that's clear because like we were talking earlier about how unique your cigars are and the the different approach, the unique approach that you have to tobacco and and everything. So I think that's really apparent that you're really not, like you said, you're really not copying anyone because like you're not even copying yourself. We were talking about that earlier. You're, you're not even copying yourself. Like every blend that you want to do is different. You want to make something better. And I heard you say something in another interview once how like uh, someone asked like what your favorite cigar was or something like that. And you're like, and you're like you hate that question because it's like your favorite cigar is like the, the next thing that you're working on because you're again you're always kind of making something different. Is that is that is that true still? Yeah,
1: I mean there are some blends that I uh, that I created uh, that I think that they're classic, mm-hmm. and the biggest sample of that is the King's Gold. I think this is a John classic. I think that's a blend that I put a lot of earth for on, on that cigar. And I think it's a, is a cigar that's going to live forever. I mean, the flavor profile on that cigar is something unique, different. Uh, you have a perfect balance between strength and flavor. Uh, easy to smoke, but have the complexity, have the body, have the strength. Uh, it's unique. Um, and that's a cigar that I think it can be one of the best cigars for me. Wow, okay. Oh, my opinion of what I like,
0: of course. No, of course. W- why does this cigar specifically speak to your palate so much? What is it about it? You said classic, like, so what, w- how does Henderson Ventura define a classic?
1: Man, when you smoke a cigar, you want to keep smoking the same cigar, and because the richness of that cigar, the amount of sweetness, the amount of spice, the level of the strength, the level of the mold, you know, it gives you a little bit of everything without overpowering nothing. And it's just there like this. And the most important, you have that. Like deep and big, rich flavor of tobacco.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Broadleaf is one of my favorite tobacco to work with. Uh, the sweetness, the earthiness, the the bold flavor of that tobacco, and every single filler also that I use in that cigar, is like a, to complement the flavor of the Broadleaf. That cinnamon spice, that like dark chocolate taste. Uh, I mean, people that like bold cigar, but want to enjoy flavor, not just strength. This is their cigar.
0: Is there like a, is there like a pet peeve of yours with cigars? Like, is there something like, like, it's not the blend. Obviously you put the blend together and you, and you, you, the blends the way it needs to be like, but if you cut or light a cigar and something happens, like what, what, what's like the biggest thing that just like, you just want to throw it out and you want to light up another one. What's, what's the pet peeve, the thing that drives you nuts?
1: About the contraction or about the flavor?
0: Anything, it's the open-ended question. So you, you tell me. I mean a Thai cigar, you know, is you can smoke it.
1: Yeah. You have to get for the next one. Even a tight draw, you know, you know, like you're not gonna be able to enjoy the real blend and the, and the, and the full flavor of the cigar. It's exactly uh, what I was about
0: to say. So I've I've always said this, like. There's, there's this one particular cigar and I'm not going to name names, but it, and it's not one of yours, but I'm not going to name names, but it's a, it's a cigar that I know a lot of people love. A lot of people love it and they think it's fantastic. And I have tried smoking that cigar several times and call it the luck of the draw, call it whatever you want. And, and this, this, this particular manufacturer makes fantastic cigars. So I know it's, I know it's luck because I've had cigars of theirs that aren't plugged that aren't they can draw. So I know it's not that, but I, you know, people are asked, have asked me like, well, what do you think of that blend? And I'm like, I would love to tell you, but I haven't really tasted it. Like, oh, you've never smoked it. I'm like, well, I've tried, but I haven't really tasted it because I haven't been able to get a draw out of it. That I haven't been able to get a draw out of it. And I feel like if you smoke a cigar, that's that, that doesn't draw, you just, you're not tasting what that cigar was intended to be. And it sounds like you agree with that.
1: Exactly exactly you're never gonna get the the all the flavor that you you should get
0: so along those lines when you smoke a cigar that's plugged or 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 that's or just doesn't draw or doesn't burn what what's i get a lot of sour notes like it's really sour like it doesn't matter what tobaccos are in it i get this really heavy sourness to it is there something that is there a flavor an off-putting flavor that you get? Or do you, is that is that what you get when you smoke a cigar that's not drawing well?
1: And the thing is, you're going to puff the cigar harder and you're going to make the tobacco to... You're going to heat the tobacco more. And when you heat the tobacco more, you know, you're going to get some... Uh, how do you say? You're going to... You're going to create an experience in the cigar that is now we supposed to like, you hit the tobacco too much and you're going to feel like a more spicy, sour, bitter taste in the cigar. Yeah. That's what happens when you hit the cigar too much.
0: Yeah.
1: It's so, and, 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 and because you're going to put powder, you know, to get the smoke.
0: so, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it ha- I mean, it happens, right? It, they're, they're man-made products. Nothing's perfect. And... You know, it, it's just, it's, it's just one of those things.
1: This happens. The problem is when this happened in a major scale.
0: Right. Right. So, uh, so going a little bit deeper into that, like the, the, the factory itself, you guys produce what, what? 2 million cigars a year, a little bit more.
1: Yeah. 2 million cigars a year.
0: How many two pairs is toilets. that? 40. 40 pairs. Ah. No, no, no. 20 pairs, 20 pairs. So 40 rollers. So, yeah. okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, is that, is that the size that you like plan on staying at for a while? Do you think you'll be expanding anytime soon? Like, wh- like you said, I know that it's it's hard to like the, the, the people to work is the shortage right now. So I understand that's probably holding you back, but I mean, long-term, you know, 10 years down yeah, the road.
1: We, we, yeah. We, we're going to spend the battery, Uh and as as pretty much all the brands that we make in the factory has been growing slowly. Uh, there is like, i grand been Grand room Cowboys growing, Ruan one, uh, J London, that is one of the smaller boutiques that we make in the factory has been growing nicely. Um, and we're also getting new projects uh planned for next year in the factory. So, yeah, we, we plan to expand the production and be like for another half million cigar.
0: So I was asked this question earlier this week by a friend of mine, and I was trying to explain it to him, but I said, but you have to understand that every factor is different. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk to you about this. So you, you make cigars for, you know, other people, like we've been talking about tonight, as well as yourself. Like how, like, how do you allocate time or resources to those particular brands? Like how, do you, do you say like, Hey, this week we're going to do La Barba or is it like this week you're doing this, these, these number of pairs are going to be doing Adventura Explorer. And then how do you, how do you divvy it up? Like, how does, how does that happen?
1: Orders. dependent on how people place the order, this is what comes first, you know, and we have, we have that rotation, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's a rotation. So and yeah. so at any given point, one of you, one of your pairs could be rolling the explorer, or they could be rolling the ricochet, or they could be rolling the eastern standard. It's yeah. whatever the the rotation calls for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that means you, that means you got some pretty well, talented what, folks that work for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. What makes uh some difference? Like uh, we have some rollers that make robusto. Mostly or uh, you have some rollers that they just make like or oh, you have a roller that he just makes the coronas, or oh, we have another roller that he just make all the figurado cigars like a uh, uh, pyramid, torpedoes, you know. This is the special oh, You ha- we have a roller that he make the Sistis. The 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 um, the talent and the skill for the rollers is there, you know, to now switch them dramatically on the, on the ring gauge that they make, you know, the shape of the cigar that they make. They get used to, to one shape so they can make a better job. It so doesn't matter the the, the blends that you make. If you switch the blend, if they making the same uh, size or similar size, they, they can still, you know, doing it right.
0: So how do you, how do you bring on new rollers? Like, do you guys, do you guys train them on, on like, you know, more value cigars or do you, do you not let them even touch manufacturing for a certain amount of time? Like, how do you, how do you introduce new rollers to the way that you guys do things and stuff?
1: We try the rollers by the skill that they have, the experience that they have. Uh, And we have, we have any a new roller with Tesla, like we sort of, uh, with some cigars that we're not gonna use for any important project, you know, just like a try, and then we get them slowly to production on an easier size. And you know, but that depends, depending on the skill of the rotors.
0: Oh, well, Henderson, I, I really appreciate our conversation tonight, it's been fantastic talking to you. I've, I've got two last questions for you. And then, yep. uh, and then we'll, we can call it an evening. I really do appreciate your time. I, I I take this time every week to thank my guests because Sundays are always family time. And so, you know, no matter how, you know, even though we're, we're on later, obviously, and I know it's later there, I, I really appreciate the time that you've given me. So uh, so thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I, I really appreciate your time this evening. So thank
1: you. No, thank you. Thank you, man, for the opportunity to be uh, with you here. Uh, and this is more than a pleasure for me to share, you know. Our life in the cigar industry with you guys.
0: So my last two questions, my first one's about we've been talking a lot about palate and a lot about flavor, especially in the mouth and everything. But one of my favorite things about smoking a cigar in is is retrohaling and the aroma yep. of the cigar. And we haven't really talked that much about it. Um, does that really play a part in your blending style and your blending process? Do you do you retrohale a lot? Does that like what all the time? Okay. What, wh- how does that play into the blend when you're building these complexities, the complex blends that you're building and everything like that? Does, is it just as much part of the, as a, of the flavor of the tobaccos or is it, is it more of a byproduct?
1: Imagine on this side, so like, like you have a flu, you congest something mm-hmm. and you're not able to smell. When you eat, you don't feel the flavor of the food that much. So, 100% so accurate, yeah. at least 40% of the flavor in you palate, you get it through the nose. So when you retro help, you maximize the experience of the amount of flavor that you get from the cigar. Even the level of the strength. Just for you to have an idea. Uh, for us, we can measure the strength of this cigar when we retro help. What you call the
2: spice in the nose, that's what we call the strength. Mm-hmm. The body is different, you know. The body is how deep and thick is the flavor
1: that in the mouth for us. mm mm-hmm. But the strength, we mentioned that strength, but like how spicy spice would feel the cigar through the nose on the retrohale.
0: Yeah, because we were talking about like the nicotine level and the strength of like the farce Maduro, right? And when Ooh. I smoke that cigar and when I retrohale it, I mean, that finish is long. I mean, it stays with you. It feels like forever. And even like after the cigar is put down, like that has to be my last cigar of the day. Like, it, like it's just so long.
1: And it has you know nothing... That- that You have to be the, my first cigars of the day because if I smoke something like uh, high in nicotine, I'm not going to sleep.
0: That's, I, I get that. I hear that a lot, too. I, I never had that experience. I never had I that experience, experience until once. I to go to bed. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I so it's not the caffeine. To to it's, the, it's the nicotine that'll keep you The up. nicotine, yeah. Oh, wow. I never had that experience until a couple years ago for the very first time. Like, I was, I mean, I was exhausted, Henderson. I was absolutely exhausted. And I smoked a cigar that was pretty high in nicotine. And I didn't even really think about it uh, that ended my night. And then I went home. And, I mean, like I said, I was exhausted. Like, I mean, I was practically falling asleep in my chair. And I couldn't go to sleep. It was so weird. I was like, why am I awake? Like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And it was it, it was a cigar. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe yeah. it. I'd never had, had that experience before. And I finally had it. And I was like, okay, I see what people are saying now. I totally get it now. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about like, like that that intensity, you know, through the nose and everything. Like I find the Queen's Pearls almost to be more intense than this blend here. Because the the what I get through the nose on the Queen's Pearls is just so much. So much, like I said, so I love the blend. I've, I've said that ten thousand times tonight, but the the intensity almost through the nose is just is is so much more than this particular the, than the King's Gold, in my opinion. Do you get that I same think, effect, or do you gr- disagree? Yeah, the
1: thing the thing is the 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 Connecticut wrapper is a little bit more natural on, on the flavor and the strength of the cigar, and and you get to taste more the filler in the cigar with the with the with the Connecticut. With the broadleaf, was happen what's happening is it's mellow down the spice and you get more more into the just the wrapper gets you to experience more like a uh, chocolate sweetness, uh more uh rich flavor, even if it's high in nicotine. So it's kind of mellow down the spiciness in the cigar.
2: And that's why you feel like a less intensity in the retro health.
0: Absolutely. Well, Henderson, again, I can't thank you enough for tonight's conversation. I have one last question. And as always, it is our curveball segment. So our Curveball segment is always brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it really doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Six consecutive years in the consensus top three. Yep, I looked it up, and I even got fact-checked on it as well. So, Well, tonight's Curveball question for you, uh, Henderson, is this. So we've been talking a lot about tobacco tonight. And we've talked about a number of tobaccos that you've found to be challenging that you worked through, worked with, and were able to produce some phenomenal cigars. So here's my curveball question for you. Is there a tobacco that exists that's not challenging enough? You find it to be almost boring. It doesn't add anything to a cigar or to your palate, so to speak. Is there a, is there a tobacco that is not challenging? enough for you
2: almost bar
0: I'm sorry that you say almost birds almost almost boring yeah like it like it just you feel like it just it, it 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 doesn't do anything for a blend you mentioned tobaccos tonight that you don't like but you've been able to make cigars with them. I'm just saying, is there a cigar, is there a tobacco that you find just does not add anything to a blend? It's just not challenging enough. In uh, Indonesia. Indonesian, okay.
1: Yeah, a basuki is a tobacco that is very natural, no strength, not much flavor. It's very natural. Doesn't add too much to the blend. Sometimes we use that tobacco when we want to, like as binder, when we don't have the binder to interrupt the flavor of the binder, the combination of the binder of the filler and the wrapper, just to keep it like that.
0: Because I was going to say you've used Indonesian a couple of times, but you're you're, yeah. you're saying it's yeah. just very natural. Yeah, to...
1: it's, it's, it's natural. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Nothing to add to the blend with that tobacco.
0: Is Have you thought about, I'm not challenging you or anything like that, Anderson, but have you thought about maybe exploring Indonesian tobacco more to see if there is one that isn't so neutral or have you just, in your, you know, all your years I, of experience, I, it just doesn't matter?
1: There is some higher price of Indonesia that can be usable for wrapper or maybe there is people that use it for filler, but that's not my case. It's not tobacco that I respect.
2: For a premium cigar.
0: Well, Henderson, again, uh, once again, I can't thank you enough for tonight's conversation. Uh, I was really looking forward to an intense tobacco conversation, and it certainly was that. Uh, We talked a lot tonight about different tobaccos and the challenges and what they add to blends and everything. And and, uh, I've been a fan of yours for a really long time. I love a lot of your cigars, as we talked about earlier as well. And this was this was an absolute great conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been absolutely great sitting down with you. So I appreciate it. Well,
1: no, thank you very much, man. I hope that uh, all your followers enjoyed the interview here and the time that we have together. Uh, I hope to be in the show another time, also, man. Make this show earlier. <laughs>
0: I, get, <laughs> I get I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I've. Uh, that- Go ahead. But I have I have a good time. I uh, always a pleasure, man, to have a conversation with you. Always interesting question, and and it's more than a pleasure for me to share as much information as I can. So, um, also to talk more about adventures and if we go through conversation and things that we do it and. And let's do that next year. Uh, I, I can tell more about the tobacco that we're going to bring in. Um, I'm it's going to be a It's going to be a sight a year. It's going to be a sight a year for us.
0: Wonderful. Well, I can't wait. We'll definitely have you back and we'll be talking about more great tobaccos then as well. So thank you so much. Uh, for my audience, uh, like Henderson said, this is late for everybody and we really appreciate everyone's time. This is our 185th take really do appreciate all your likes shares and comments check out our youtube page Fumar. don't forget to hit the subscribe button also you can hit the like button on our facebook page that's where you can find a calendar of upcoming guests uh as well as previous takes as well and if you are listening to this podcast later wherever you happen to listen to podcasts whether that be on apple podcast spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts we appreciate that don't forget to hit the download subscribe button as well if you already are a subscriber do me a favor hit the unsubscribe button but please don't forget to hit the resubscribe button because that actually helps my numbers and it allows me to get great guests like Henderson tonight. So thank you so much to everybody out there. Again, this was our 185th take. Done 185 of these, still can't believe it. But uh, on the road on the road to our four-year anniversary show coming up here in a couple of months, I'm Bear DePlisse, your host, as always, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. This is LL's Fumar Takes. And guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.
1: See you, man.